Hello, Rennie Riquet here, Ren City. Welcome to Sports and Shorts of Sorts. We're up to episode six now. Six is good in sports. If you're playing football, you want the six points. You don't want to settle for three. You want that touchdown, so you're going for it. So here we are, episode six. And just like every episode, we're going to start with the jerseys. You'll see I have one on today, and it's a five. I may have mentioned them last episode. We'll get there. But we're on six now, and we're going to start with these episodes. First number, first player you think of, I think of, with six. And you might notice every NBA player has the six on them right now. It is representing the great Bill Russell. Uh, it was unfortunate that we lost him last July. He was a legend on the game. Uh, he played 13 seasons, 11 championships, and he even was a player coach for some. That will never happen again. 11 championships for one player will never happen again. But uh, it wasn't just like what he did on the court. Like He was more known as a defensive player. The things he did to stop Wilt and centers of that great generation. What he did was more on the defensive end, but he still did what he had to do. And, uh, yeah, the stuff he dealt with off the court, with the, the racism in the States, like, it's, I, it's still very existent everywhere. But to be an African-American in the States... Some, like, a lot of the hotels wouldn't allow people. Like, it was still a white and colored thing. And in one of, uh, I have the book actually right here. Basketball, a love story. I had to grab it. Great book. I was like, hey, it's right there. I better grab it. But it's got a really good stuff on Bill Russell and, like, what he'd have to deal with, even in... Boston, his home, like the team he played for, the things he had to deal with was just crazy. But uh, that's the first six I think of. Another one in basketball, Julius Irving, perhaps the best nickname in basketball, Dr. J. Like the the things he did on the court too. With he was like the Jordan before Jordan, kind of like a lot of guys in just before Jordan's era, even in Jordan's era, looked up to Dr. J. That was. That was their Jordan, right? So that's pretty cool that he added as well. But, uh, yeah, LeBron James, right? You know, not everybody likes LeBron James. He's kind of, you know, putting crowns on himself and whatnot. But uh, regardless, he's one of the greatest to play, whether you like him or not. And he's one of those guys that, you know, some people remember him number 23 in Cleveland. And as you should, he did great things. But with the Lakers right now, he's rocking six. What he did in Miami with number six is, is crazy. Like you got to mention him, even if, you know, you're not a fan of his antics or whatever. He's he's something else, and he should be respected for it. Like, the, the amount of hate he gets from people is crazy. People just like to hate on him for the sake of hating, I guess. I don't know. But uh, sticking with hoops, I'd like to shout out Avery Johnson. <laughs> Not a lot of people know Avery Johnson, but he rocked the number six for the San Antonio Spurs when they won their first title in 1999. He was a very integral piece, and uh, without him, I don't know if they'd do it. The little general, as they called him, he he led. That's what he did. But uh, leaving the court and going to the pitch, you have Xavi. He's now the manager of Barcelona, but what he did 
on the pitch was crazy. Like, he'd helped Barcelona so many titles. He was part of the Spanish team that won the Euros in 2008 and 2012 and the World Cup in 2010. Those Spanish teams were amazing, and he was, like, the main part of it. Uh, I don't know too many in baseball, but uh, the one that jumps out is uh, Stan Musio. 22 years, three World Series, three MVPs, 24 All-Stars. That's the part that jumped out, and I'm like, I got to mention him. That That's something else. But other, something else that's worth mentioning is what started this weekend, the NBA playoffs. And before we could play off, though, we had to play in, right? Earlier in the week, we had some playing games, right? And as I had mentioned in the podcast before, you had 7 versus 8, loser drops down to play the winner, 10 versus 9, and that's how you determine the last two seeds for the playoffs. And uh, they were some decent matchups. You had Atlanta, and uh, they had to play Miami in Miami. So Miami was the favorite, and they kind of stunk up the joint. Trey Young did pretty well. And then the next game was the Lakers and the Grizzlies, and Rudy Gobert punched him away, punched himself out of that game by, uh, and like I had mentioned in the last regular season game, he threw a punch at Kyle Anderson, which got him suspended for the playing game. Like it's kind of tough to suspend one of your players for a playing game, but you kind of know you have the next one in your back pocket if you do happen to lose, which they did. <laughs> but that's uh, that's what determined the seven seed. So you knew the Hawks, seven, Lakers, seven. So you had the eighth up for grad. So uh, in the 10th, ninth battle, like the Bulls were coming in the Jurassic Park to play the Raptors in Toronto. Everything was looking good. And then the Raptors forgot how to shoot free throws. And just in case they started to remember again, DR, I want to make sure I get her name right, DeMar DeRozan's daughter, shrieked at every, like, I was watching the game. My wife and one of my friends were like, what is going on here? And then they mentioned it, and I was like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. You don't mind if it's a kid, if it's like some old drunk guy. It doesn't seem the same, but with a kid, you're like, ah, that's in good fun. But she still got death threats, which is super fucked up. Why would a kid get death threats in a playoff game? That alone is enough enough with this world. But, uh, yeah, the Raptors blew it. Zach Levine played great in the second half. He carried Zach. Don't call me Avril Levine. But uh, <laughs> he played great, and uh, the Raptors choked, really. Free throws were junk. 18 for 36. 50%. That's crazy. Some say it was Nick Nurse's last game as a Raptor coach. So uh, we'll see what happens. Masai Ujiri, great GM, president, said... Sorry, President said uh, he's looking to shake up the team. Is excited, but or is excited for the changes this summer. Sorry, so what that details, we should see. But uh, that kicked the Raptors out and kept the Bulls' chance alive and against Miami. And on the West side, you had the second youngest team in the league, the Oklahoma City Thunder, going in against the Pelicans, who still didn't have Zion Williamson. But uh, for the game, Zion Williamson decided to put on a sweet dunk show. Windmills, showing, you know, he's injured and can't play. But he's throwing windmills. I wish I was that injured that I could dunk like that. But it seems like it's a very weird situation. I don't know what's going on. But uh, after the game, after OKC went into New Orleans and won the game, very good game. Josh Giddy and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Giddy repping Australia. SGA repping Canada. They both played great. They did amazing. I'm so pumped for that OKC team. But after this game... Great leader, C.J. McCollum, went to the stand, and he, the stand, is not quite, went to the press conference and uh, <laughs> basically called out Zion, saying, like, people need to be available, right? 
your best ability is availability. And they say, like, that's what no talented people say. But it's straight up, like, you're only good if you're there. You can be the best player, but if you're never there, what good are you, right? But, yeah, those games led us to who would decide the eight seed to go into the playoffs. And as I mentioned, the Bulls beat the Raptors, and they went to Miami and forgot they were playing a big game, I guess, because they... It was a very defensive struggle, but I don't know. The Bulls never seemed like they were going to win that game. <laughs> and in the other game, the Western game, it was even further apart. OKC got destroyed by Minnesota. They didn't match up well. Gobert came back from his one-game suspension, and he's a force in there when he's doing his thing. Like There's a reason he's one defensive player of the year. You can take him on the perimeter and dance on him a bit and hit a jimmy, but if you try to take any of the paint, like he's, he's swatting it. I don't know. They look they look good. I'm pumped for OKC going forward. You got Chad Holmgren returning. He was the number two pick this year. I mentioned before, and he was injured all year. So you're getting him back. You're getting a little experience. It, it should be good. But, uh, yeah, the plans grew up to playoffs, and that's where we we're at. Uh, the first game, Saturday, Philly and uh, Brooklyn. Mikel Bridges was drafted by Brook or by his hometown Philly, played at Villanova, and was traded that night. He was saying how mad he was and real beef, but that team is young. They're not the same team that was thrown together at the beginning of the year. Durant's gone, Irving's gone, this is all. And they're putting up, you know, pretty good numbers, doing what they can. But Philly is a title contender. I as in my podcast previous, I picked them as well as the Clippers go to the final. So we'll see how that pans out. But Sixers look good. I don't expect them to shoot threes like that. That was insane. They couldn't miss. And if they shoot like that, Brooklyn, I don't know. I already thought they were toast. But if Philly's shooting like that, they're toast on toast, double toast, burnt toast. We'll go with burnt toast. Yeah, that works. <laughs> and then the, and the speaking of beatdowns as well, the Celtics, they, they're they like, oh, Hawks, you came in on this play and congratulations. Wham, wham, took the Hawks down, you know. The first half was brutal. The Hawks made the score respectable, but they were they weren't threatening that game at all. The better games were later in the evening. You had uh, the Knicks and Cavs, not uh, not the body Cavs, but the Cavaliers. Uh, Donovan Mitchell played great, thirty eight points. But Jalen Brunson making his Knickerbocker debut. He showed up. He did everything that Dallas was missing this year. Luke is probably like, really, why didn't we re-sign this guy? Because he's the difference in New York. He played great. He did great down the clutch. That's going to be a great series. I'm really excited. The people in New York already think they're going to win the title, right? One game equals a title. Something like that. <laughs> but uh, the best game of Saturday was Golden State and Sacramento. I'm wearing the jersey at De'Aaron Fox. My wife, we saw on the podcast before. I'm jumping back to that one a bit, that podcast. But you met Caitlin. She got me this sweet one for my birthday. So I've been talking with Darren Fox all year, and she was like, oh, I picked up because you do nothing but talk about this guy. But he's been awesome. And yesterday he showed even more playoff debut, 38 points, outdueling Steph Curry. Like, are you kidding me? Like, they lit the beam again. Sacramento, what a raucous crowd. You had Malik Monk coming off the bench and drop in another 32 points. So those Kentucky Wildcat teammates are just loving it on the West Coast. And I don't know. The Warriors played great. Like, it was it was a tennis match at one point because your head's going back and forth with all the shots going in. It was amazing. Like, what else can you ask for? That's good basketball right there. Steve Kerr's going to have to go to the drawing board and... I don't know, figure out what to do with that backcourt, because if they play like that again, I don't know. Our defending champs could be oot. 
But uh, I picked Sacktown to win this series anyway, so I don't know. That doesn't say much, as you've heard with my record of picking teams. It's uh, it's not too good. I'm enthusiastic about it, but accurate. Oof, that's a whole nother beast. But uh, yeah, it's Sunday. Well, the recording's Sunday. Whenever you're hearing this, it may not be Sunday, but uh, on this day, Sunday, there were some good games in the NBA playoffs as well. The Lakers started their thing going up against the Grizz. Dylan Brooks, another Canadian. He was he wanted this. He said, "LeBron, I wanna I wanna play LeBron." And it, I don't know. Things looked a little rough. Anthony Davis got hurt in the first half. He's saying he couldn't feel his arm. But he came back. I guess it was a stinger. That's always a weird injury for me. Oh, and uh, one of my limbs went completely numb. But it's it's a minor thing. We're good. We're back. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he came in. He played pretty well. The Grizz are missing uh, two important pieces of the front court. Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark are done for the year. So that's that's really going to help AD make some room up there. And uh, yeah, the Lakers really took it to him. Austin Reeves played amazing. And uh, Rui Hachimura, who came over from Washington earlier in the year, he, he did what they were expecting him to do. He, he's playing for next year, too. He wants to help them win a title and secure work for next year. So you can't blame him for that. Scary moment in the game, though. He thought AD would be the only one getting hurt. But job ja Morant. The fourth quarter went to the hoop and landed like when you're going up that high, the fall is pretty intense. And he landed on his hand instantly, ran to the locker room. They're unsure if he's going to play in game two. There are x rays, but I don't know. We'll see. And uh, following that game, there was the Bucks and the Miami Heat, who we mentioned the playing game. And I thought this, you know, Miami, you know, they got some pedigree in the playoff, not Triple H pedigree, but uh, <laughs> they uh, they got some, they've been around. They've been to the finals. They were one shot away from the finals last year, right? So they've, they've been around. But I'm like, yo, this is the Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo, I, oh, I did mess it up. I was worried if I would. The Greek freak. Uh, he hurt his back. Going to the hoop, Kevin Love slide over, take a charge. The freak landed on his lower back. It did not look good. He left the game, did not return. Status is still up in the air. We don't know what's going on. With back injuries, It's you really don't know. But uh, with him out of the game, the Heat were like, hey, we're going to steal this one. And they did. The culture, the Heat culture, stole the game. That's what they do. And, uh, yeah, they grind it and they got the win. But in the process, Tyler Hero, sharpshooter, classic smirker. He was mean-mugging in that final run few years ago but he broke his hand so i think they're saying four to six weeks and they'll check it out but we'll see the reason i'm coming on a little later is because i was watching the great game greatest game i've been watching all weekend i feel clippers and Suns. you have Kawhi leonard he has to do even more with paul george out and uh in the other side you have devin booker chris paul kevin duran is this chris paul's last chance in the ring i don't know was state farm gonna help him get it We'll see, but it was back and forth, both, like, it was a great game. And uh, Westbrook had made it, ended up making some of the best plays, clutch free throws, and he made a wicked block on Booker, caught it before going out of bounds and threw it at him so they'd keep possession. He shot terrible, like, don't get me wrong, he threw up enough bricks to build a church, but he made those plays that help you win in the playoffs, and that's... That's what they that's what they brought him in for, you know. They didn't want the Laker version. They wanted more of the original OKC version. And he's somewhere in the middle, trending more to that version. But it was exciting. I'm excited to see the rest of that series. And Timberwolves and Nuggets were tipping off around the time of the, the recording. So we'll see what happens with that game. 
But yeah, I've been all over the NBA. That's been a super NBA podcast uh, oriented show here. But uh, I got to quickly bring up the awards because with the season ending, they're going to be giving out the awards. And last episode, I mentioned Joel Embiid should get MVP. Double downing on that, triple downing. I don't know how many times you downing on this, I guess, but uh, we're downing it. And uh, yeah, write him in. He's going to win it this year over Jokic and Giannis. Uh, defensive player of the year, that was tougher because Brooke Lopez used to be like a liability on defense. Now he's up for defensive player of the year. He's got some of the most contention uh, shot contests at the hoop, which is crazy, you know, because that means you're altering how many shots are doing what you can, but I'm going to go with Jaron Jackson Jr. He's leading the league in blocks. He's anchoring that great defense in Memphis, and I, I've, I got to give the nod to him. Evan Mobley was the other finalist, and I think in three or four years, he's going to be a staple. Like, what he's doing on defense now in only a second year is phenomenal. He's going to be something else on the defensive end. And then the most improved player, that one, is that one was a tough one because the finalist, you had Jalen Brunson, like I said, he's a stud New York, but... In times when Luca was hurt or missing in Dallas, Jalen Brunson showed what he could do. We knew I well, I knew he could ball. So most improved, I don't know. He's he's been this guy for a while. Lori Markinen, another finalist, was a throw in. I well thought some people thought a throw in for the Donovan Mitchell trade. They're like, you know, he's the guy all promised, nothing to show for it. He showed for it to this year. He was an all star. He He's a leader on that Jazz team. No one expected that Jazz team to do anything. They thought they were in super tank mode for the Wembenyama sweepstakes, but they hung around and they were in it right till the end. But uh, he's going to be better even next year, I think. And it's crazy. Like, he's back in Finland. He shaved off all his locks because he's got to do some military service. I guess uh, in Finland... You have to do, it's mandatory that every male does military service by the time he turns 30. So that, that's, that's wild. But yeah, he's back there serving his country. So that's, uh, that's interesting. But those were the two finalists. I'm going to the winner. I've mentioned him before, like tons, cause, uh, his number's two. So I threw him up on the second episode, but Shay Gilgis Alexander, a name that barely fits on a jersey but it's one everyone should remember he's going to be a first or second all nba team this year he's got to be what he does is is amazing it's just great and he's a canadian guy i just love seeing it he's a tall guard he's not gonna blow by you with speed all the time but his footwork and his length it's just and he plays defense like what more can you ask so most improved shay gilgis so that leaves the rookie of the year. That's a no-brainer to me. Paulo Bancaro, everyone said he's the most NBA-ready prospect. He was the most NBA-ready prospect. He struggled a bit from the three. I think he shot a little under 30%, but he averaged 20 points a game. Like, what else do you want? That Orlando team is looking good. Cole Anthony, you got the Wagner brothers, you got Bol Bol, you know, you got Carter... It's they're, they're a good little team there, and I think next year they'll be better. This duo of Bancaro and uh, Franz Wagner out of Michigan, they're going to be they're great. I, I think the Magic will be good. They might be a, a year away yet, but uh, we'll see. I'm excited to watch them. And, uh, yeah, the other uh, people involved with the Rookie of the Year, I guess I mentioned the finalists, were Walker Kessler, who is basically thrusted into Utah and made people say, Rudy who? Like, he was blocking shots. Like, like he did great. Like, they are got to be happy with him. And Jalen Williams out of the OKC Thunder, 
he was great. And the thing I like with OKC Thunder is the two Jalen Williams. One from Santa Clara, one from Arkansas. This is the Santa Clara one. And he was like, the the only, the, the, the last person drafted out of Santa Clara was Steve Nash in the first round. So it's been a while since we gave Santa Clara some love in the draft picks. That leaves the sixth man of the year. You know, Malcolm Brogdon, the Celtics, Bobby Portis of the Bucks. They put up great seasons on good contending teams, but I'm giving the nod to Emmanuel quickly because, like his name says, he comes off the bench and he scores quickly. He throws up big numbers. Sometimes he's the guy. So for those reasons, I'm giving him the nod. <laughs> and uh, Coach of the Year, that should be an easy one. Mike Brown, Sacramento, what he's done. First time making the playoffs since 2005, 2006. So... Yeah, Mike Brown's got that's a lock. So <laughs> the other finalists were Mark Dagno. I've been saying his name wrong because no one really knows the guy from OKC Thunder. <laughs> Mark Dagno and Joe Mazzula of the Celtics, who's got them in the second seed and on the path of the title after all that stuff they dealt with with Emea Doka having a mutual relationship with a staff member, but. It, it blew up, and he's gone. So, Masula had to walk in and take, uh, you know, that was not an easy job, and he did what he could, and he's done great with it. Uh, last trophy of the year is this Clutch Player of the Year. That's a new one, new one this year. But I'm giving it to De'Aaron Fox, because he is a finalist, and I'm giving it to him. Wow, that was a that was a lot of NBA, but I'm so pumped for it. I hope you guys are, too. And the, the NHL's starting up, too, the NHL playoffs. That season ended Friday, and... Uh, you have the playoffs starting Monday the 17th, so get your hockey pools ready, get that going. The season ended pretty wild on some records, right? We mentioned the Bruins a few episodes ago, and they did set the record. They got 65 wins, passing the record of 63 that the 95-96 Red Wings had and the 2018-2019 Lightning had. And they had the most points, 135, beating the record of 133 the 76-77 Canadians had. And all those teams I had mentioned before had won the Stanley Cup, except 2018-19 Lightning. They ended up losing it. No cup for them. That one went to Gloria and the St. Louis Blues, I believe. But, uh, yeah, those teams were all phenomenal. And it's pretty wild that only eight teams that have won the President's Trophy in the entire time it's existed since 1985, only eight teams have won the Stanley Cup. So, Ken Boston... You fight against all this, all this drama, and win it. Like, that's what they got to do. The job isn't finished yet. Or are they going to be like the 2015-2016 uh, Golden State Warriors, you know, 73-9, and regular season record, no title. Or the 16-0 and New England Patriots, went undefeated just to lose to Eli Manning and the Giants. Like, it's the way she goes, right? So... The job isn't done yet, and I, I think Boston knows that. They start off against Florida, and I think they'll take care of them. And then you got the Maple Leafs and Lightning. That should be a pretty rowdy series. I know Toronto is so starved for a cup, so we'll see. They're like Nick fans in that way. They're a little crazy. And then the Light or the Hurricanes and the Islanders, that should be pretty good. And then uh, tri-state battle between the Devils and the New York Rangers, so... If you're thinking there's a team missing, then, uh, yeah, it's probably the Pittsburgh Penguins because, uh, yeah, this would be, let's see, 16 years? 16 years they've been in the playoffs, and that's just been ruined. So 
Definitely different in that. No Sid the Kid showing up on highlights. And the West is just as wild. You got defending champs Colorado. They're facing off against the Kraken, which is pretty impressive in itself. The Kraken, this is what, their second year? They're in the playoffs. I know it's not Golden Knights in their first year, but uh, it's still impressive. Speaking of the Golden Knights, yeah, they're taking on the Winnipeg Jets. Dallas Stars are taking on the Minnesota Wild. And uh, Connor McDavid and his Oilers taking on the Kings. And like I've said before, I haven't watched a lot of regular season, but I'm really pumped for the playoff hockey. It's it's something else. It's hard not to watch. It's so bloody exciting. And uh, I guess I have to make choices for the finals. Uh, we'll see how accurate they are, but I'm going to go with the Edmonton Oilers and the Boston Bruins, with the Oilers winning the Cup. It's been a while since a Canadian team has won, and what better team to beat than the Bruins, who have had such a regular season, and they would just be coming up short again, so, no, that would be very interesting. And, uh, yeah, on the pitch, there was some wild stuff, uh, you had, uh... Arsenal playing West Ham. We actually drew them, which helped Manchester City out because they beat Leicester City. And now they're only a point behind Arsenal. Or, sorry, four points behind Arsenal with a game in hand. So the Gunners, they're they're getting a little nervous. Callers are getting a little tight because Man City's right there. Man, you have jumped back into the top three with a big win over Forest. And uh, Newcastle and Tottenham with their big losses have opened the door to a surging Aston Villa with Unai Emery. Is like, he's changed that whole team. And Brighton have just done amazing. Even with Graham Potter leaving the Chelsea and getting sacked from Chelsea, Brighton have continued to just done amazing things. And uh, the relegation race is still super tight at the bottom. Right now, you got Southampton, Leicester City, and Nottingham Forest occupying those spots. But, you know, it's not a given. That could go anyway. And uh, there was Champions League came back midweek too, the quarterfinals. You had Inter Milan beating Benfica. Man City dominated Bayern Munich, and you had a weird incident in which two guys with similar names had a little going after. Sadio Mane, guess went and hit Leroy Sané and got a suspension from the team, but uh, I think he'll be back for the next Champions League leg, which takes place this week. The second legs of these first leg games will happen this upcoming week. And the other results were uh, Real Madrid beating Chelsea 2-0 at the Bernabeu in Spain. And AC Milan beat Napoli for the second time in two weeks. Two different competitions, but two big wins for AC Milan. So we'll see what happens this week. So much excitement. It's uh, looking forward to it. And... Uh, I guess we'll mention Wrexham real quick, too, again. You know, they had a big win Easter Monday I hyped up. They beat Notts County. It's looking like the title's coming. Boom. It came back to earth. They uh, drew with Barnett, you know, fifth seed Barnett. And Notts County won their game like they we figured they would. So that leaves them one point ahead of Notts County with that game in hand. But that game in hand is going to end soon because on Tuesday they play Yeveltown. So they got to get at least a win make that gap a little bigger but we'll see and uh from the pitch to the diamond blue jay games have been great i've been really tuning in and absorbing it getting to watch it it's been it's been really awesome they broke the rays streak the rays came in all hot on their unbeaten streak just to have the jays beat them tw twice in a row not thrice they, they only beat them twice in a row but the jays will be going to houston to face the astros for their next series 
And the one final thing I guess I'll mention in sports, uh, wow, we're doing a lot of sports. I'm not going to have a lot of shorts after this, which is a shame because summer is coming. But uh, in boxing, uh, I don't know if anyone's heard of Jilei Zhang. They call him Big Bang Zhang. He's a big Chinese fighter, 39, and he went up against uh, Joyce. What was Joyce's name? Joe Joyce of England, undefeated. And Zhang... They stopped the fight in the sixth round. Zhang was pummeling the right eye of Joyce. Each round, it grew. It was like the Grinch. His heart grew three times that day. That's what Joyce's eye did. And they'd, they'd try to cool it. It'd come down and bam, back up. And there was like, you know when a TV, an old tube, old tube TV burns out and there's a little dot you can look in the middle and see? That's kind of all that was of his eye. It had a little slit in there, so you think there was an eye in there, but it was destroyed. So, uh, that set up Zhang for the mandatory WBO fight against Alexander Yushik, who carries the IBO, IBF, and WBA belt. I still don't know which belt is better. It's, I don't know, it t varies who you talk to, but an impressive, impressive win for the 39-year-old out of China. So, uh, that boxing builds up for next Saturday. Biggest fight of the year, they're saying. April 22nd in Las Vegas. Javante take Davis, Tank Davis takes on King Ryan Garcia. Everyone's hyping this up. I'm usually about heavyweight fights, but this lightweight's going to be crazy. So everybody give uh, boxing another chance and give it a watch, I guess. Hopefully it lives up. But, uh, wow, that was super sporty. Now let's get a little shorty. <laughs> Yo, shouty. But, uh, yeah. This one was a little wild. It was something that uh, kind of came out of nowhere, really. We, uh, the wife and I, we had met right last episode. <laughs> we uh, we went to a local grocery store nearby, and as the story spoken in the previous episode, we don't live in the nicest neighborhood, we'd say. But uh, we went to this place. It's a good little grocery store. They got decent things. We just needed a few things for dinner. We grabbed them. We're heading back to the car, and then I hear, uh, 350, man. I was like, what? I kind of look around, I turn back, and 350. And I was like, oh, hey, no, I'm good, sorry, I don't have any change. And they're like, do you want this, 350? And I'm like, what do you want? And I look, in the palm of their hand, it's like, it's like a pistol. Like, I don't know, like, not quite Yosemite Sam, but it looked like, I don't, like a Colt, I guess, not a Cougar Magnum. See, my knowledge varies from old video games and cartoons of guns, but, uh, no, it just looked like a little pistol, and it was definitely a real gun. It had the look to it, and they're like, 350, and I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> then we get in the car, and I just, like, casually putting stuff back, and my wife's, like, frozen, white as a ghost. She's like... Oh my god, did they just offer us a gun? And she's kind of shaking. I was like, yeah, it's all good. Uh, we don't need it. She's like, what? How is that not fucked up? And I was like, okay, yeah. I'm sorry to think about it. I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't be getting offered a gun to buy. You know, if you're going to go buy a gun, usually it's in the store, not in the parking lot of a grocery store in the semi-hood. Or let's, let me get real. It's kind of hoodie. 
So we'll call it hoodie. <laughs> and I'm not talking bunny hugs. But uh, yeah, we jumped in the car <laughs> and started driving away. Wife's kind of freaking out. I, I look in my rear view. This person's still scattering around looking to try to sell this gun, you know. But uh, I don't know. We just start driving off and she's a little freaked out still. And I'm like, whatever, we'll get home. They're fine. It's not like she shot at us. You know, she just offered it to us. So we're driving. I'm a little distracted and I was like, boom! I was like, what the fuck? Our car, or the envoy we're in slides a bit. This car still goes and we're stopping. I'm like, what the fuck? They blew a stop sign. Like, I could see there were some vehicles near the stop sign, but I didn't, they came right out of nowhere and just smashed I slammed the brakes. And you know, we're already adrenaline's going. I've never been offered a gun outside a grocery store. So, you know, blood was moving a bit. And I was like, oh, what the hell? And this guy's got like a baby in the back, baby on board sticker. And I was like, man, he's like, oh, dude, my fault. Totally my fault. Yeah, I just, I, I didn't see the stop sign, bro. I didn't. Didn't see the stop sign, my fault. He shows me his ID, I get a picture of it, I can let him take a picture of mine. Just apologizing. This should have been, you know, a sign when someone's super apologetic and like, I'm totally reporting this, you know, I'm sorry. They, he didn't do shit. I waited a bit, like I did my claim and stuff, I'm waiting. This guy didn't do shit, he didn't get a hold of anybody. What was his name? Barrington. Hmm? Barrington. If you're out there, first of all, Barrington, really? I mean, I got Rennie. That's that's a different one. But Barrington, if your name is Barrington and you're offended, I'm sorry. But really, T-boned me out of nowhere. Really? Thank you, Barrington. But, uh, yeah, so definitely on high alert. We limped it back to the car hole, assessed the situation. It's like, it's still drivable. This is clearly fucked. I'm going to have to get this fixed, I guess. But is what it is right and then uh yeah you think the car would have been written off but it wasn't it still worked but for how long right <laughs> take the car out uh a few months later the car's still driving it's rough you know we strap stuff down so it's not falling off and you know don't have tons of money to fix it and uh, barrington's not doing his thing so uh still drivable go out to warman that's a town outside saskatoon if you're not familiar with our area but uh go out and visit my parents have a nice little visit it's christmas time all right well i'm gonna head back to the city see you guys and uh yeah as i come up to this one intersection near their house it's always been a four-way stop and that's always it's kind of like in my brain this is a four-way stop so as I approach, I kind of stop, look both ways, look good. I go, not realizing, well, I did realize, but I just was on autopilot that this four-way stop is now, you know, traffic lights, right? And this light was red. I didn't see that. Didn't, didn't see it, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I look both ways. It looked good. I went. I didn't see a car. It was kind of in another, I don't know. I, it all happened. This anyway, this car went honked. I hear the honk. I look, see the car. I'm going, oh fuck. Boom, like right on the door, like fender area, right where Barrington had already fucked it up. So, yeah, it's uh, another accident. And this guy was not very pleased. Yeah, turns out when uh, you're going through a green light and some Jagoff just pulls in front of you and you, you hit him, it's not very good. So, 
Yeah, I was a little rattled again, like from going from no accidents to accident doubles. It, uh, yeah, it wasn't very cool, but you know, we did what we had to do. I limped that home. That I probably shouldn't have limped home. That was barely drivable. And I had to go on the highway. I only went like 80, maybe 75. It was snowy. It's goddamn Christmas. And uh, <laughs> not very good. But, you know, SGI did their thing really quick with that one. And I was, I fucked up. Did what I had to do. They paid me out. Missed that envoy to this day. But I got a little Oldsmobile Alero. So it does a trick little car shed out there hopefully i don't get sued for that i don't know i don't know what the market is for people getting sued for alero talk but we'll find out i guess but uh yeah that was my story today <laughs> getting offered guns and getting in car accidents it's uh it's a wild world the saskatoon life but thanks for joining in hopefully you're gonna enjoy some good playoff hoops and some good playoff hockey a lot of playoffs in general if you're like Fuck them playoffs. You got baseball. There's a lot of golf coming up. It's getting warm out. Well, for one day, it's going to be like 16 or something. There's going to be a zero the next few days. I, I don't know. Weather's crazy. Straight up. But thanks for joining. Rent City out.